fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. This is the Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. It is a Monday, the greatest day of the entire week, and it's great to have you along with us today. Welcome in, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, right here all over the country, radio and TV. Plus, we have the live streaming and podcasting as well. Thanks for hanging out today. Got a big show lined up for you. Lots to cover, lots to get to, especially when they, of course, do these things on the weekend. And now we have to try and recap everything, all the shenanigans that go on throughout the weekend as well. Also, with the time change, hopefully you've gotten a little bit adjusted to the time change. It was uh, not even really noticed at the Hoosier family until we went to bed last night. I said, oh, yeah, we forgot to move the clocks forward because we're just kind of doing our own thing. So hope everybody's gotten adjusted there as well. And let's get this new week started off here. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Phil Kirpin, American Commitment. He'll be joining us live on the show as we talk about the destructive measures from the COVID-19 pandemic. What has it done to society? What is it going to do to society down the road? I've heard that they have now labeled the Generation C. Oh, yes, Generation C, as in the COVID generation, for like a 30-year span of individuals that's now going to be the Generation C, all the way up to individuals that may be born up to the 2040s will be part of the Generation C which means we're going to have some long-term effects and what the heck does that all mean. So we'll get to all that and more coming up on the show today. But it's great to have you for the ride. A little programming note for you that if you are listening in the Wichita, Kansas area, we are live now in our drive time at 4 p.m. Central Standard. We also have stations elsewhere as well. So as we continue to grow the voice reason for a national broadcast that we are, but uh, the, we had moved the programming from what was being a delayed tape program from 8 in the afternoon to now 4 live right now in Wichita, Kansas. So it's great to be back live on our flagship station here for The Voice Reason. And we appreciate you guys out here in Wichita that are hanging out with us on the program each and every day. But there are so many other places that we are as well. And we thank you watching and listening no matter where you may be. We do have the live stream up on our social media, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitter, Twitch, and LinkedIn. Plus the website at HoosierReason.com. And you can find all of our social media hashtags at HoosierReason. Plus, I did start sharing the YouTube stream to the OurFreedomBook.com as well, the new social media that's like Facebook but not really Facebook because they don't actually censor things. So you can actually go to our uh, OurFreedomBook.com and sign up for that, kind of get your new social media going, your new Facebook, and you can sign up. You can find me on there at Who's Your Reason, and that one's a growing one as well. It's kind of an alternative to the Facebook shenanigans that go on. It was a fun weekend, got a lot done. Working on kind of the home projects, working on uh, Mrs. Voice of Reason is really into planting a lot of gardens and vegetables and herbs and things this year. So we've been working on some of that for the outdoors. It was a little bit cooler and rainy here in the Wichita area over the weekend. So I didn't get to do a lot of that, but I did get to work on some of the home projects as well. But the dogs are sick. Now, I have to admit, uh, the old word of sicker than a dog I never quite knew what that meant because I've never actually seen a sick dog. I've been around dogs my entire life. And as many of you know, I've never been the biggest animal person. Just nothing against them. I just never been a huge animal person. 
I got better things to focus on, like, you know, studying political philosophy and things. But uh, to take care of dogs, it's just never been something that I've been really focused on. But we have two dogs right now, and one of them is sick. One of them is beginning to get sick. And our dog, our pit bull that we have, yes, I know, we actually have a pit bull, and that may upset many people. That's okay. That's all right. But we have a pit bull, and she's sick. And I, I have to admit, I've never heard of a dog coughing the way that she had coughed. It was very weird to me. Now she's got, I don't know if it's sinuses or an allergy or maybe just the flu. Maybe she's got COVID. I don't know. They are starting to give animals the COVID-19 vaccination. (laughs) But she's been coughing hysterically. And it's like one of those where she sneezes really loud, but then she coughs and then she heaves and she heaves and she heaves and she heaves and she heaves. And then it's finally like calmed down. Now, the good part is, is that Moise's Voice of Reason has come up with some natural remedies with some rice and with some things that she puts in there for her to eat that kills off the bacteria and actually is doing well. So after about two days, she's starting to be on the uptrend. So don't worry. It's okay. But the reason I bring it up is while we're doing this and we're trying to deal with the dog that's being sick that I've never had to experience in my life before. And of course, a pit bull is already like trying to be your cuddle buddy and trying to become like a a lap dog, which she is not a lap dog. She's about, I don't know, 60, 80 pounds, relatively decent sized. She tries to be a lap dog. So she's very clingy and very cuddly. Okay, whatever. While we're dealing with all this throughout the weekend, here's my parenting skills, my awesome parenting skills that I have. And I think you'll be proud of this. Little voice of reason. She's six years old now, and she's trying to be a veterinarian. She loves the animals, and she's, you know, the dog sleeps in her bed with her just about every single night. And she she tells us over the weekend, she goes, Mama, Dada, she goes, I want to be a pet doctor when I get older. I want to be a veterinarian. And I told her, I said, no, 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 honey, you are not allowed to be a veterinarian. You're going to be president when you grow up. You're going to be a constitutional lawyer. See, I've already got her future completely laid out. She's not allowed to date until she's already married after 40, 50 years old. Haven't decided yet. She's not allowed to get a cell phone until actually she starts driving in high school. And she's not allowed to be a veterinarian because she needs to be president of the United States. I'm just, I've already laid it out for her. I am paving the way. And she goes, Mama, Dad, I want to be a veterinarian. I want to be an animal doctor when I get older. I said, no. You're going to be president of the United States. And she just kind of looked at me. And I said, you know, president, you were going to run America. You were going to run the United States of America. You were going to be like Donald Trump. Not like the Joe Biden that's just falling asleep in his basement, but like a Donald Trump where you were going to save this country. And she looked at me and like usual when I try and say something and she thinks it's sarcastic. She rolls her eyes and she goes, no, dad, dad, I'm a girl. Which was a perfect opportune moment for me. To say, sweetie, anybody can be president. And if you want to be president, you can be anything in the world. Anything. If you want to be president of the United States, you can be president of the United States. And she just looked at me. And I said, you can be anything you want. Even as a girl, you can be president. And she's like, there's been girl presidents? And I said, not yet. But just wait till Kamala trips Joe Biden down the stairs. Ah, see? See what we did there? Now, I think that is beautiful parenting. I think that's the perfect way to let her know that you can do anything that you want to do. We just have to work her in the right ways here because you don't want to take the process of Kamala Harris. And yes, I do say Kamala. We need to make sure that she takes the proper steps to become president, not the way that Kamala Harris has taken to become president of the United States. But I think that's genius parenting. I'm just throwing it out there. I think that's the perfect way to handle that situation because, no, you can be a veterinarian, but no, you're going to be president of the United States. Welcome into the show. We have a lot to get to, a lot to get to today. So while 
there are there's a new study out from NBCNewYork.com where roughly four in five Manhattan office workers are now set to not return full time in the office, but continue to work from home. Now, I don't know if you saw the survey from a couple of weeks ago about the majority of workers across America would prefer to be able to work from home majoritively even after the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm a little concerned about that. I kind of like, you know, going to the office. I kind of like mingling with other human beings without a video chat in front of us or just doing it on a phone. I don't necessarily care for the social interaction through social media, but actually person to person. I know I'm weird that way. I'm kind of old school that way, but I think it's the proper way to actually handle said issues. But with four and five Manhattan office workers not returning full time, according to the survey, It begs the question on what the future is going to look like. Now, with Generation C that they're saying is now going to be the new generation in America from anywhere from children that are like 12 years old now all the way up to children that will be born between now and the 2040s, like 2045 or 2048, they're saying is now going to be Generation C from the repercussions from COVID-19. Now, this is after we have a vaccine now in one year. Again, remember who made that happen? Not Joe Biden. Remember who made that happen, who got the economy up and rolling again with a with an economy that was trucking along and then completely shut down. We now have a vaccine, which they're saying you need to get the vaccine, then still wear a mask or two. At the same time, they're telling us, well, maybe we can start opening up. The CDC came out and said, well, it's spring break now for most individuals across the nation. And while traveling and vacationing is here again and people are starting to get a little more relaxed and they're getting they've been cooped up for the last year. They want to get out and about. Still be careful because we're concerned about a secondary outbreak. (laughs) Now they talk about the other strains of the covid vaccine that are going to be more detrimental because they're more contagious, which doesn't necessarily mean more severe, just more contagious. They're easier for you to get. So they're pushing the vaccine. If we have the vaccine, then number one, why do we have to wear a mask? Number two, why do we need to stay at home? But they want to. A choice. Is that the way we're going now? It's really reminding me of the situation from, you ever watch that Bruce Willis movie, Surrogate? Where they sit at home, they're in the little computerized thing, the computer portal looks like a tanning thing. They sit down in it and they connect to their surrogate that is a machine and they tailor it to look all pretty and everything. And then they go and they do their business throughout the day there. And they just sit at home and sleep all day or not sleep, but they sit in this little chamber because they're scared of viruses. They're scared of the world. They're scared of walking outside there. I mean, are we being conditioned to just be paranoid to even walk out our front door with that many people wanting to work from home? Now I get the benefits of it. I can sit at home in my jam as if I'm doing a video, I just got to put on a nice shirt, but I don't have to wear any pants if I don't want to. I get the appeal for that. Trust me. (laughs) But at the same time, business dealings, real estate transactions, uh, merging of companies, different shows. If you're trying to put on it like the shot show where there's new technology and new firearms, gun shows. Are you going to be able to watch these things actually in person or are they just going to be virtual from here on out? I'm a little concerned at the same time. We have the vaccines now that have the Pfizer and we have the Moderna and we have the AstraZeneca and we have the Johnson and Johnson. There's four different vaccines that are currently out on the market. And now one of them is being suspended and banned in nations in Europe because it's giving people severe blood clots. Germany, France, Italy and Spain became the latest countries as of today, according to the AP News, to suspend the use of AstraZeneca's COVID-19 vaccination over reports of dangerous blood clots in some recipients, uh, though the company and Europe regu- regulators have said that there's no evidence that the shot is to blame. Kind of like the HPV thing, right? 
it only made like so many women to be sterile and have cancer and have like interstitial cystitis and have so many different issues with their uh, female parts. But yet, uh, HPV. Now we need to start giving it to guys because we need to have cervical cancer for girls and dudes. So that way we can sterilize everybody. There's no proof of it actually killing anybody. No proof of actually making anybody sick. We don't want to talk about that. These aren't the droids you're looking for. So while many European nations are now beginning to ban the AstraZeneca vaccine, we're still pushing them hard here in the nation, uh, all to benefit, of course, by Joe Biden, because, well, we had 30 million shots out in the arms of Americans by the time he took office. But by golly, he wanted to hit that $100 million, $100 million shot mark, and he did it, and therefore he needs to take the credit for the nine months of building up that vaccine, the plan to strategize to distribute it, getting it out to the states. Most states are sitting around like 60 to 70 percent of the vaccines that they have on hand actually administered to their population. And now they're starting to like run into a wall of do we lower the phases or do people actually want this anymore? Because that's kind of concern that some are starting to have. We're starting to get to the point to where the more vulnerable population, sure, give them the vaccine, and we have, and majority-wise, it's done relatively decent, but now we're getting to the other parts of the generation where I don't know if it's really necessary. Don't really know if it's something that everybody actually wants. So we'll see what happens. I'm wondering at what point do all the states have enough vaccine for the entire population, but then no one in the population, nobody else actually wants it. Here in Kansas, they've been pushing for like, oh, only 60% of the population actually wants it. We need to bump that up to like 80 or 90 to get to herd immunity because they're afraid that some people just don't want it. But again, if you have it and I don't, then if I get sick, that's on me. That's not on you. Why does it really matter? And you can't get it anymore because you got the shot. So you got the immune system. It's a crazy world, but with most people wanting to work from home, what does that mean for the future? We'll talk about that when we come back. It's The Voice of Reason. It's a Monday. Stay right here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. All right, you are. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out on a Monday, the greatest day of the entire week. Appreciate you, radio and TV. Plus, we have the live streaming and the website at HoosierReason.com with all of our podcasting stuff on it. We are halfway through the month of March, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's hard to believe. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. As we go through each and every day, your Millennial General reporting for duty outside of the force of the vaccination, which again, if you want to get it, cool. If you don't want to get it, then that's your own prerogative as well. There's now businesses that are discussing the mandating of the vaccination because, well, by golly, you're involved with the public, so therefore you have to get it, which I find a little absurd and ridiculous. Many states are trying to prepare yourself for that one. As as you know, I mean, with the Hoosier Media Network, for example, I mean, we openly, legitimately started a business, Mrs. Voice of Reason and I, and... We got a letter in the mail over the weekend from from the Labor Department. And you know how, as a business, usually when you walk in, you have the poster for all the employees, like the, the different labor laws and all the other stuff that you have to have for the employee to be able to reference. And Well, we got a letter saying that if you have any employees, so heads up to any business that may start receiving these, if you have any employees, you now need to get the COVID poster to put up on the, according to the labor laws, from the federal government. You need to have these, which probably explains why so many want to work from home. Because now you're mandated, apparently, to start getting these COVID posters. Now, I don't know what they say. It doesn't say. All it says is that you're going to get a $10 discount if you order it before April 2nd. It's it's $100, $99.50. Now, I don't have to worry about it because I don't have any employees with the Hoosier Media Network. So, uh, unless you count the misses, but we don't have to worry about that. But for businesses, you're going to have to order this thing. I'm just curious what it's going to say. Is it going to say, well, you have a business, therefore you need to be careful about social distancing or mask wearing or mandated? We highly recommend from the CDC and the USDA and everybody else, we recommend you get the vaccination, that you need to like continue social distancing and wear masks even after the vaccination, that if you're liable or not liable, if you end up getting COVID while you're on the job, is this going to be the new litigation? Which I've been saying is going to happen. I really, truly think that's going to be the next uh, American dream. It's already turned to litigation for the American dream. You don't have to work hard to create a business anymore. You just got to sue the right person. And you get some money, and you can live all happy hunky-dory, and, you know, welcome to the American dream. The streets paid with gold and other people's labor. And that's really where we're at today. But now let's take it to another level of, oh, I know that we have the vaccine. I've gotten the vaccine, for example. I just don't feel comfortable going out to work now because I'm exposed to other people that could potentially get me sick. Oh, what do you mean? Like the flu and the cold? Well, anything. I mean, we can't hit, we can't get the flu. We can't get the sick. I, I just can't. I might just wear the mask all year long. I've seen so many comments from social media and people on the left side of the aisle about, 
wanting to wear the mask even post-COVID because they're so terrified of just walking outside their door, which I think is kind of by design to make you fearful of that. But you got to remember, we've lived with diseases and viruses and bacteria in the air for thousands of years. I think we're going to be okay. And yet the CDC still has not talked about any type of natural remedies to boost your immune system. Like, oh, I don't know, taking zinc or magnesium or vitamin D3 or actually working out and getting into shape and actually doing breathing. I I don't know. Wild concepts, which that kind of comment right there will probably get me kicked off social media. But if you just boost that, then you're going to be okay. Still get the shot if you feel comfortable. Sure, do so. But there are natural ways to boost your immune system. So if you get it, then you can just be completely uh, asymptomatic and you're fine. But now we get to the point of, I'm so terrified that the government hasn't told me that that's okay. I want to live in the bubble. I don't want to go to work. And now you can't force me to go back because I don't feel comfortable. How many people are going to see that? And the progressives are going to love it. Oh, they're going to love it. Oh, they feel uncomfortable. We need to extend their unemployment benefits because they don't feel comfortable returning back to work. So therefore, you and I that are forced to go back to work or have been working this entire time or an essential employee or working at a meatpacking factory or working at a grocery store or working everywhere else where you're in contact all the time, your tax money is going to go to somebody else that doesn't feel comfortable going back out into society. I'm telling you, it's like the movie Surrogate all over. It's weird. Let's talk about some of the destructive measures from COVID when we come back. Phil Kirp, an American commitment. He'll be joining us right here on The Voice Reason. Stay tuned. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right you are each and every day, your favorite show that you get to look forward to each and every day. Welcome into the program, radio and TV, plus the live streaming and podcasting thereafter as well. No matter where you may be watching or listening, we appreciate you very much. The fastest hour of radio on radio, really, huh? as we try to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag. All right, I want to get into it. We've talked about it already kind of throughout the show. What's... What's the long-term effects of this COVID pandemic? What's it going to do to us? We already have now the Generation C that's going to be really any child born up to like the 2040s already, which is absolutely ridiculous. We have four and five individuals, office workers from Manhattan, wanting to continue work from home there after the pandemic's done. We have the vaccine that's going to be almost mandated to for you to like do anything in public. They're already doing trials in New York area for many of the sporting events. Go to baseball games, go to different sporting uh, things to have uh, some type of app or an ID 
or something to where it needs to show that either you have a negative COVID test or that you already got the vaccine in order for you to enter. Is that going to be when you're trying to fly on airplanes? Is that going to be if you're trying to ride on public transportation? I mean, where where are we going to draw the line and where are you going to be okay drawing the line saying, I'm okay getting the vaccine because I want to, but if I don't, what line are you going to draw saying, I'm not willing to get it and you can take all these different privileges away from me and I just don't really care. Where are we going to go from here? This is kind of an interesting piece. Then we, of course, have that vaccine being suspended in some European countries with concerns of blood clots as well. I'm excited to talk about all this and more with our next guest. He is the president of American Commitment. We're excited to have back on the program, Mr. Phil Kirpin. Phil, how are you, sir? I am doing great. How are you? I am living the dream. I appreciate you coming on the program with us very much. It's an interesting time as we see a brand new year. And now the vaccine's out. We have tons of them going out all over the country. But at the same time, are there still going to be some that are hesitant to get the uh, the vaccine? I'm not going to get the vaccine. I don't. Uh, my family said they don't want to get the vaccine either. Are a lot of people thinking the same way? Well, we're seeing really high take up among seniors, and most states have now vaccinated. You know, somewhere between fifty and sixty five percent of their seniors. And uh, you know, my view is that. You know, you got to look at, you got to, and, and by the way, Kansas has just gone over 60% of seniors vaccinated today. So you're sort of middle of the pack uh, on that. Uh, look, my view is that most people, uh, you know, first of all, it's a personal decision. And I don't think we should pressure anyone who doesn't want to take the vaccine into taking it or base any lifting of restrictions on uptake of the vaccine. It should be based, if anything, on availability, which is to say, did people have the choice to get it or not? Not uh, did they actually get it? And my view is that, look, I mean, about 5% of the people above age 70 who get the coronavirus are going to die with it. Uh, the risk with the vaccine, well, any way you look at it, it's going to be a lot less than that. And I think that's why we've seen really strong pick up, uh, take up, uptake among uh, seniors. Sure. You start getting down to lower age, down to around age 50 or so, uh, you know, between 50 and 70, if you get the virus, you've got about a, uh, about a one in 20 chance, sorry, about a uh, one in 200 chance of it killing you, about a 0.5% uh, compared to the uh, vaccine harms, known and unknown. That's a little bit of a tougher call, but I feel like uh, we'll probably get at least half of people down to age 50 that go ahead and get the vaccine. And below that, you know, the risks of the virus are very low. They're very small, comparable to influenza. And so unless you have, a, you know, some other medical condition where the virus presents a bigger risk to you, it's more about, I think, the convenience of being able to say, yeah, I got the vaccine, leave me alone um, sure. for younger people, more, more than uh, the actual risks of the virus justifying it. So I think people are going to come to their own decisions. But my view is, look, we're you know about a month away, maybe a month and a half, uh, if you take the pessimistic scenario from our president, from anyone who wants the vaccine being able to get it. And at that point, all of the restrictions and limitations everywhere society-wide should end because at that point, uh, everyone either will have the vaccine or will have made a personal choice not to get it and therefore accept the consequences if they do get the virus. And exactly. So that's, that's my view on that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's all up to, you know, crazy concept choice. You get to choose whether you want to take it or not. You get to choose kind of how you want to operate thereafter as things begin to slowly begin to open up. We're really coming up on, I think, really, though, about the one-year mark of COVID-19. And looking at this past year, it's been wild. It's been crazy. We took nine months to get a vaccine out uh, under Operation Warp Speed. That's the creation of it, the uh, the mass production of it, the distribution of it, and getting it into people's arms, which I think is still pretty incredible feat, isn't it? I mean, we should be proud of kind of where we've been on some uh, aspects of this pandemic 
as opposed to the complete lockdown and some of the other stuff that I want to get to in a minute, but how we responded with getting the vaccine, getting ventilators produced, I mean, really the management of Donald Trump over the last year, really we should be proud of how we handled that, shouldn't we? Uh, partially, I'll partially, say this. Yes. Uh, the, the vaccine production and the therapeutics, the monoclonal antibodies are talked about far too little. Uh, these are the drugs like the one the president got, uh, the Regeneron antibody cocktail infusion, and Eli Lilly has a version that looks even better. Those are now available in all 50 states. Anyone who's over age 65 and gets the coronavirus should get the uh, antibody infusion because you automatically qualify it if for it if you're above age 65, and anyone with a high-risk medical condition under age 65 does as well. I mean, I, I could pull up, there, there are four locations in Wichita that have the infusion centers. Uh, you know, it cuts your risk about 80% of being hospitalized or dying. Uh, the most recent trial has it at 87%. Uh, so we've got this remarkable treatment, pretty close to a cure, really, uh, that came out of Operation Warp Speed. That gets far too little attention, and people don't know about that, including doctors, unfortunately, because you do need a prescription. Uh, but the vaccines, look, nobody thought there could be a vaccine timeline this short. And frankly, this was something you have to give the Trump administration massive credit for, because they planned for this in 2019. They had a 2019 report and executive order streamlining the vaccine process in the case of a pandemic. And so this was something they really put a lot of thought into and were prepared for. And in my judgment, we have the vaccine at least six months earlier than we otherwise would. And that's a savings to the economy of literally trillions of dollars and quite a lot of lives. And so the vaccine and the therapeutics are enormous successes. And you have to give Andy all of the credit to Trump because Congress refused to fund Operation Warp Speed. He had to (laughs) reprogram funds from other things just to, to, to get this done. Uh, yeah. which is remarkable in retrospect. But remember, he didn't do anything, and he just wanted us to die from drinking Clorox or something, right? I mean, that's that's what the media is reporting. We're talking with Phil Kirpin, president of American Commitment. Let's talk about the negative side of what's happened over this last year. I mean, we shut down a booming economy. We put people home and said, your business is not essential. We've had salons and bars and restaurants and nightclubs and retail shops and everybody else just closing their doors, trying to survive and be able to reopen later or just closing down altogether uh, because of this this panic that we had with this virus. Was that worth it? Now that we've signed three COVID-19 relief packages now, two of them that Trump did, now the third one saying, well, you know, this one, we're already opening up when we had a trillion dollars left, but we need to do a third one just to say that we did it. So now all of a sudden, you know, we've taken care of this and we can start opening things up. I mean, was it worth to spend trillions upon trillions of dollars for relief and shut everybody down? Uh, No, that was a total disaster. Look, uh, it's pretty clear at this point that the lockdowns and the mask mandates and the school closures do exactly zero for the virus spread. I mean, we've had California on lockdown for the last six months, Florida wide open. Florida's got lower disease burden for those six months. There's no way you can explain that consistent with thinking these measures are actually effective. And the truth is, uh, the virus does more or less what it's going to do regardless, including, you know, a Kansan, a very famous Kansan statistician recently came to that conclusion. Bill James, the famous baseball statistician, wrote on his blog that the virus does what it's going to do, and uh, the policies don't seem to make any effect on it uh, in, in, you know, when he looks at the numbers. And I think everyone who takes an honest look at the numbers comes to that conclusion. So it's really about sort of the intentions and the blame game and the media positioning. And we've had all these politicians that want to show they care and show they're taking the virus seriously by doing enormously destructive things economically and educationally and social and emotionally. Uh, But what ends up happening is you just layer the additional harms of those lockdown and shutdown actions 
on top of the virus harms that you still get anyway. And so I would say uh, all of that stuff has been a pretty near complete disaster. It's unfortunate. It really is. And now we have, like we mentioned, this new Generation C, which is kids even born, they're saying all the way up to the 2040s. Why are we talking about a COVID generation that far out because of what it's done already, just because of, I mean, are we talking about remote learning? Are we talking about just how society is adapted to try and be more isolated? Why are we talking about a generation from COVID from 20 years from now? Oh, you know, that's a new one to me. And it's disturbing, though, to hear about. I mean, my view is that once the vaccine's available to everyone who wants it, which, as I said, is about a month away, everything should go back to 100% normal. And we should not have a new normal or a permanent change or, you know, decades of consequences. I think that uh, we ought to learn never to do these shutdowns and lockdowns and long-term school closures again. Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I don't think we should have some radical change. I mean, look, the current generation of children is going to be scarred by this, and we're going to have to work very, very hard to catch them up. And that's going to be very hard, unfortunately. Uh, and as well, uh, we're going to have a big medical hole to dig out of. Although I should point out that a lot of other countries are going to be much, much worse. The waiting list in the UK in their socialized system right now is eight to 10 years for procedures that were canceled during the, uh, you know, the COVID lockdown. Uh, I think in the US, we're going to be able to dig out of that hole in a year or two. But, you know, unfortunately, they're going to be a lot of cancers that were missed that would have been found in early screenings that are going to be found in later stages, and that's going to affect uh, the survival rates. And so we're in a hole in terms of medical. Uh, we're in a hole in terms of education. Uh, the challenge is to dig out of those holes, um, but we should try to do it as quickly as possible, not drag it out and have uh, you know more long-term damage than we have to. Yeah. Amen. I mean, my six-year-old daughter, she's still doing the remote learning from home with the laptop and trying to get a six-year-old to pay attention to a teacher on a Zoom call for you know five hours a day, six hours a day while they're trying to do lessons. To me, it just doesn't oh, I, make any I know sense. I all about it. My, my four have been two days a week all year, although this oh. week uh, they're going to four days a week. So it's like almost normal. Almost. You know, it's like. That's yeah. right. Little by little. Phil Kerf, an American Commitment. You can find them online, AmericanCommitment.org. Make sure to check out the website. Phil, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. It's been too long. we got to do this again here real soon. Sounds good. Have a good one. Hey, you as well. Always appreciate that very much. We'll take a break, wrap up the show. It goes by way too fast. When we come back, getting set for election season already? What? Plus, we got more we'll get to. Your thoughts as well right here on The Voice Reason. It's a Monday. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I just want to give you a little heads up here just to let you know that as we see a massive surge at the U.S. border on the southern border with individuals trying to come in, trying to claim asylum, which, by the way, is completely unconstitutional and illegal unless they're actually from Mexico, which is not the case because asylum seekers can only go to one nation next to them. They can't, like, travel to four countries and be like, all right, we're here. (laughs) I got to let us in. Uh, It doesn't work that way. But as we're seeing this massive surge, and now we're seeing like 3,000 kids at the border, teenagers, young adults, that are actually being housed. They're actually, what was the story? I saw something about they're being housed at like the Superdome or someplace. They're shipping them up to like Houston right now to take care of. Here it is, USA to house up to 3,000 migrant teens at the Dallas Convention Center. So while we're trying to deal with that, there is this other headline as well from the Washington Times that no one else obviously is reporting, but uh, there are terror suspects that are being apprehended at the border as well from law enforcement as we see this massive surge. Now they say, oh, it's no different than when Donald Trump took office, which you know obviously is not true in any way, shape, or form, because if you remember the very first like three, four months of Donald Trump's administration when he came into office, like illegal immigration dropped by like 80%, just boom, gone. Because they were scared of what he was going to do, and they didn't like what his policy was, was building the wall, beefing up security, actually deporting individuals, actually, you know, cracking down on the law. And they didn't like that. And for the first couple of months, like, illegal immigration just dropped 80% plus. And then they realized that, wait, he can't do all of that. They need congressional approval, and Democrats aren't, like, stopping, or they're trying to stop him. They won't allow him to do what he needs to do. And then it skyrocketed and came back up. But that's vastly different than the first month or two from the Joe Biden administration to where we're now seeing 3,000 children being held. I thought they were being ripped apart from their families and being put in detention centers. Isn't that what they said? Isn't that what they told us? Uh, That's what they told us, that we were just going to be ripped apart from the families and that it was a terrible, horrible thing. Well, now at the same time, now we have terrorist suspects being apprehended at the border as well. So I just want to give you that little bit of news. While we talk about the disaster going on down at the southern border and the administration saying, no, there's no crises, there's there's nothing to see here. I feel like I'm in South Park. Nothing to see here. Move along, sir. Because why the heck not, right? This is something that we can do at the statewide level, and we've talked about it with the state sovereignty, with many of the border states being able to put on their own security to beef up their border security. And Texas is actually going through litigation right now to continue on the building of the wall on the Texas line 
because they have the right to do so as a state and the federal government not liking that one. So that's going to litigation. But we can also make sure that the right individuals are elected at the statewide level to make sure and ensure that things are taken care of properly as well. And according to centerforpolitics.org, there's a new study out on the uh, fluctuation potentially for this year's coming up elections with some governor's races on where the governor's races may fall. Now, Republicans dominate right now with like three quarters of the governors across the nation, which is really good because while Republicans struggle at the federal level, we do usually predominantly very well at the statewide level with the governor's uh, governor seats and state legislatures where Republicans really hold about three quarters of these state legislative seats across the nation. And it looks like we might gain some of those back even more so in the next election. As according to the CenterForPolitics.org, they're looking at one, two, three, four, five right now, five swing states that could go. And out of those five, one of them is currently held with a Republican. The rest are all Democrat, where they could swing to the Republican side. At the same time, some of the deep blue states are going less blue. They're still likely to turn D, but they're not safe by any means. And you want to know what those states are? That includes New York with Governor Andrew Cuomo. That's just been a complete disaster. That includes Maine. That includes Michigan. That includes Nevada. That includes Oregon. That includes Minnesota. That includes Colorado and New Mexico and California and Illinois and Virginia. All of them that are currently super deep blue states that are now turning a light blue potentially for the governor's races coming up in the 2021-2022 governor's race election seasons. Kansas, that's currently a blue state, is back into the toss-up zone where it could go Republican. Wisconsin, that's a deep blue state right now for the governor's seat, could potentially be flipped and is a toss-up for Republicans. Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona. Arizona is one of the Republican ones that could potentially be switched uh, along with Georgia. So I guess there's two out of the five, but still, most of them are going either less Democrat or going complete toss-up with the current state of affairs right now because we're a month and a half into the Biden administration. We've already bankrupt ourselves. We've already opened up the border and messed up the whole immigration policy at the southern border. We're going down such a ridiculous road that I think people are starting to wake up and realize already. We're a month and a half in, and now they're like, wait a second, what did we do? What did we do? Just wait till Kamala trips Joe Biden down the stairs and we can see how she handles the issues when she becomes president as well. God forbid. That does it for us today. Podcast going up a little bit. We're back at it all this week. We have a lot of guests we want to get to, a lot of things we need to talk about. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Everybody have a great Monday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.